This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent, bonus episode 19 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode, we review the June 10th show in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Venetian Theater from Weird Al's 2022, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Viva Las Vegas. We are still in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's been almost an entire week that I've been in Las Vegas <laughs> at this point. Um, Dave, you've been here for a couple days. Yeah, for a couple days. We had a day off yesterday, technically. Yeah. Uh, I well, had a day, well, well I, I had to work, but we had a day off from seeing Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, that's a day off in my book, a day off. <laughs> really, the important work is seeing Weird Al. So we I mean, had a, you know, fun day. I had a fun day. You know, I did hung out by the pool at Luxor. A couple of Weird Al-related things happened uh, once we finally met up after. Yeah, so we um, we ended up um, meeting up with um, our friend Erin and her dad, Brad, who we mentioned in the last episode, and uh, they accompanied us to Chris Angel. Chris Angel. We went to, what is it, Gordon Ramsay Burger? Yeah, the, the, we, Gordon, the burger bar. In, yeah, in, in that, the that was a good place. Yeah. And Yeah, so we went and we saw Chris Angel, um, my friend who I used to work with now is the general manager for the show, so he got us some really incredible tickets. Um, they would have been $180 each uh, for the four of us, and so we we got those, and um, we... yeah, we, I, I don't, you know, this is not the Dave and Ethan 2000-inch Chris Angel podcast, but we can talk about it briefly, of course. You know, it was, uh, it's a magic show, illusion. Um, very theatrical. Very theatrical. There's a lot of production value. Uh, they really put a lot into the projection and the screens and the lights. And um, it was, you know, it was a, a spectacular, I would say. Yeah, well, um, let's talk a little bit about how, uh, how, how Chris seemed to relate to Weird Al. At least our experience with it, and that uh, that when we went in there, like the like almost we almost felt like I almost felt like we were at a Weird Al concert because uh, as soon as like the the show started, if you remember on the older tours, Weird Al starts with a kind of a clip that would go through, and he would just mention all of the times he was on, you know, all the different celebrities would mentioning his name. Yeah, and like Conan t- O'Brien, be like yeah, Weird Al Yankovic, yeah, yeah, yeah Robin you know. Williams, Weird Al Yankovic, yeah, <laughs> right. So it was almost almost word for word the same exact intro, except for obviously they weren't saying Weird Al, they were saying Chris Angel, right. And then you know diff- the, and during you know Weird Al's uh, you know when he does the clips you know. Anytime, like a TV show references him, he'll cut that clip out and put it up there. Same thing, right? So there's like some show that Aziz Ansari was in where he's talking about Chris Angel, and you know, it it, it was, uh, yeah, I, I definitely felt the. Oh. Or there was like a Jeopardy clip, of, yeah. you know, question about Chris Angel. It, it was, and, it was like almost word for word, weird. Al, <laughs> the, the intros to Weird Al's things, uh, the video, some more video clip, yeah. So um, the other couple things that, and, and I, I know I looked at you and I looked at Aaron when that happened, and we all had the same idea. Uh, this is Weird Al. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, um, there's a there's a moment in the show where confetti's falling down like a uh, like Canadian idiot or the end of Albuquerque. Yeah, like printed confetti. No, no confetti, like like the little confetti can you know cannons and stuff. Yeah, but also like in Australia where they used to oh, shoot out the, the dollar bills. That's right. Yeah, there came down like 
it looked like leaves, but yeah. on the bottom it said like hashtag Chris Angel or something. Right. And then streamers came out like Canadian. <laughs> it was. It really felt like oh, we're at a weird, an old, you know, a, a non vanity tour weird out right. or non strings attached tour. But yeah. Uh, so that was oh, and he levitated like Weird Al yeah, always does. Yeah, uh, you know, <coughs> explosions and fire. Uh, there, there was a guy playing guitar at one point, like That's Chemo. Really cool. So you know, he totally stole all of that from Al. He did. Um, and uh, and the other thing that was interesting was was there appeared to be some pretty diehard Chris Angel fans there. Like there are at Weird Al concerts. You know, you might see a few of them there every once in a while at a Weird Al concert. Like, yeah, uh, but there there are definitely uh, diehard Chris Angel fans there, like for Dave sure. and Ethan's of the Chris yes. Chris uh, Angel. So it was faction. that was so there so there's that whole fan community there too. Lots so. of you know like people standing up yelling "Mind Freak" like in the middle of the show. Yes, uh, he encourages you to stand up and and yell "Mind Freak" if your <laughs> mind has been free. I think I don't know. I assume that's what they said. <laughs> I, uh, one other just um, interesting part was. Um, <clears throat> where our seats were, um, you know, from the aisle, it was Brad, Aaron, Dave, and me. And there was an empty seat next to Brad. And at one point during the was, show... Yeah, and then there were two other people sitting next yeah, to that. So we were, uh, before the aisle. Yeah. And um, so we're pretty much like row G in the center. And um, But Brad had an empty seat next to him for most of the show. Uh, but this one guy showed up pretty, pretty late near the end of the show. Um, and it turned out it was Chris Angel. <laughs> so there, there's like a, a disappearing part, and he appears in the crowd right next that to us. That spoil his show for people. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was cool. We got. To but it was cool to- that it was right next to us, and I have to assume uh, my friend put us there because he knew that's <laughs> where he was going to appear. Um, that was pretty. It was pretty. Like yeah. all of a sudden, you look. I looked over, and, and Chris Angel was sitting next to Brad. That was pretty. Cool. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so. After that, I think. Oh, after that, I think we. I wanted to show you a couple uh, sites on on the strip, but uh, we went into one of the Walgreens, and I was wearing obviously. Uh, I was wearing my Weird Al. Well, maybe not obviously, but I was wearing a Weird Al T-shirt. And, you were wearing uh, a Weird Al shirt without the quotes around Weird Al. Yes, I was wearing one from this tour, and uh, and the gentleman checking me out says, "Oh, I'm a big Weird Al fan," and he said, "I don't know if you guys. I said, I don't know if you know this." But uh, Weird Al, and I don't know if you knew this, Ethan. It was, yeah, I wasn't I'll, there. I'll, 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 we I'll, were in separate yeah. checkout lanes. I'll, I'll explain to you because this was a surprise to me. But uh, the, the the cashier said that Weird Al was going to do a parody of My Sharona called My Corona. However, due to the pandemic, uh, he decided not to do it. And this gentleman was really upset because he wanted another My Sharona parody. I was not aware of that. Wow, that, that's a new fact that I haven't heard. So uh, I'm... I'm uh, wow, that guy should have a Weird Al podcast. It sounds like he has I mean, uh, really good he, information. I mean, he said he was a really big Weird Al fan. Yeah, so, I mean, that's I'm, the only qualification you need to have so, a Weird Al podcast. So I'm pretty sure... So I'm, 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 I mean, I, I guess we should apologize. Or it's probably our intern, Frank Swall, for not knowing about this. Yeah, wow. It, we, we definitely need to charge yeah, Frank we, a, a fee. We definitely dropped the ball on that one, uh, reporting that news. So Yeah, we apologize. Yeah. And, uh, and the other Weird Al-related thing that happened yesterday is... Uh, so so the, the one thing that, um, that Las Vegas is starting to do is, is uh, they have these uh, digital keys where you can check into your room on your phone. However, they really haven't worked out all the kinks yet, so they still... Yeah, it's, not, a, it's not ideal, uh, yeah. the RFID technology or whatever. So, so they haven't worked out all the kinks yet, so they, so they still 
encourage you to go down and print yourself, uh, you know, an actual, you know, credit card it, it, yeah, so room key. It, what they do is they just have kind of a stack of the hotel keys. You scan a code on their reader from your phone, and then you put the card in the machine, and it like it writes it to be a, a key. Yeah, so we were over at the Bellagio checking out the conservatory over there, and it, it is amazing, the conservatory there. But uh, And the walk, fountains. And the fountains, yeah. And we, we walked past... Uh, we walk past the key thing and, and we look down and the keys are printed with a Weird Al song title. On yes. It. it said, this is the life <laughs> in big uh, white letters. So uh, we're like, oh, cool. They're big Weird Al fans at the Bellagio. <laughs> that was pretty cool. They really like the uh, this is the life song. So, yeah, they're putting it on their keys. It's pretty cool. So, uh, of course, we uh, we we quote printed a few keys for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. For the collection, of course. Uh, um, yeah. I think that was our. Uh... Yeah, we had a, a you know a nice day. Um, you know, just kind of went to some different casinos, saw the sights, went to Paris and saw the Eiffel Tower, and <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, and then today, uh, today a little bit. Um, I had to work, work again. Again. <laughs> again, hung out for the at the pool for a little bit. Then I went. Uh, I went and I actually walked all the way from. Luxor down to the Venetian. Uh, oh, going through you know casinos and stopping along the way, and then uh, you met me. Actually, we, we met uh, Link's for, Promenade. Yeah, Link's Promenade for some from dinner, um, and we headed right over to Venetian. As we're getting in line, uh, we noticed uh, John Katz and Anna Canada. Yeah, immediately we see them, and. Uh, so we went in with them. They obviously were sitting like almost right next to us the first show, but they were sitting somewhere else this show. Uh, but it was so good. They, to... they were in the balcony. Yeah. yeah or, but... or they were. I, I don't remember where they. They thought they might have been in the balcony. They were somewhere. They were somewhere in the theater <laughs> for sure. And uh, so we, we chatted for them a couple minutes. Uh, well, Ethan and I went to our uh, went to our seats, and if you remember. Uh, from the last episode, we we had said that we have the exact same seats from last night to this night. Yes, and they really were front row center. Literally the same two seats, row A, uh, twenty eight and twenty nine. And uh, I sat in twenty eight yesterday. I sat in twenty nine today. Yeah, so we switched to give each other just a different perspective on, on this. <laughs> slightly, like, let slightly me tell different. You, without spoiling the show, this show felt entirely different than yesterday's show. Did just it really? Because I switched the seat. <laughs> Entirely different, like almost like it was a different set list. Almost like everything about yeah, the show Al, was totally like Al's different. shirt looked different. I, it was it, it was, was incredible. It was just crazy. It, I just was not expecting that it would look so different just by moving one seat over. So there's something. It's like you know, one of those um, you know kind of hologram cards they used to have, where it's like a lenticular. Yes, the lenticular. Where it changes. Cut, yeah. It's like one seat over. Well, everything looks it, it, it sounds was, different. It looked like it, it felt like an entirely different show. And it felt different for me too. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, that's I'm really sure interesting. Sure, we'll get into some of these differences. Um, oh, so we sat down today, and uh, and I guess uh, was this this might have been after emo. I think this was after. Okay, so well, yeah. So actually, when you were you were uh, still out in the lobby. Oh yeah, I ran and, to the bathroom with John and Anna, and I started. And you went to the seat. I went to see. I struck up a conversation with uh, the two people sitting next to where you were sitting, where you would have been sitting, where I was sitting last night. So the two, the two, uh, the couple there. Oh, I think I walked and, in on this conversation. And uh, and then um, I was at some point. Uh, 
the, the woman looked down on at my legs and said, you have Weird Al's tattoo? So I showed them that my tattoos and stuff. <laughs> and, and then uh, started, you know, they started talking about, you know, we started, obviously, they're Weird Al fans, geeking out about Weird Al. And then... Uh, Great as the lights were going down, I mentioned. Oh, by the way, uh, this is my uh, my podcast partner Ethan. We do a podcast together, and then the lights went down, and we couldn't kind of continue the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm sure they're wondering the whole time, going, "What the heck's going on?" But anyway, so at, at eight o'clock on the dot, on the dot, they are very prompt. They sure very are very prompt. Do not show up late. <laughs> yeah, definitely do not show up late. That's uh, not. It's very rude to the uh, comedian that goes on first. Yes. Uh, who so, tonight was? Oh, so well, the well, the very <laughs> well, first before, person yeah. was JW that came out and he introduced this comedian. You know, I, I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast, but JW kind of says the same thing every time, and he always says um, the next performer is as if like there's already been a performer, or that, or as, <laughs> maybe if he, he considers himself if he a counts performer. himself as a performer, he probably does. Um, as a host, like when I host comedy yeah. shows, I'll go up and I'll do some time as the host before I bring someone on. I still introduce the next person as the first performer. Well, maybe you should introduce him as the next performer, as an homage to JW. I, maybe I should. <laughs> I think you should do that. I think you should change your routine and do that. <laughs> so so the next performer at 8.01 was Emo Phillips. Yes, and he was wearing the Harlequin outfit. That's right, the black and gold suit. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if you could hear this, but there were a couple of people, like the row or two behind us, like very loudly commenting on emo uh, quite heard, a bit. I heard, I heard a few, a few. I don't, they were, I don't think they were heckling, but they, they, no, they weren't heckling. They were just talking to each other. Yeah, I heard a few people uh, comment just comment like throughout the show. Yeah, you know, just like, oh, that guy, that's funnier. Oh, that went too far. Just right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was really funny. <laughs> Hear how they reacted, but um, I wrote this down. I don't know if I've said this before. I, I think you'll agree with me. I think anyone who's seen the show will agree with me. Emo is really just the perfect opener for a Weird Al show oh. because he is. It, it's like he is. You know, obviously he's a very weird guy, and and that's his whole persona is this weird guy on stage, and it's just it's absolutely the sense of humor of someone who's a Weird Al fan. Um, it's just, it's perfect without, you know, stepping on Al, without Al stepping on his stuff. It's yeah, just, it, they're, it's they're, perfect. Their acts are different, so it's not, he's not trying to do music, uh, you know, comedy music or anything. He's a comedian, he's a stand-up comedian. He, he's, he's incredibly funny. He's, he fits Weird Al's demographic of fans perfectly, and he's known by Weird Al fans who've seen the movie UHF. And right. some of the other, uh, right. few other appearances that Emo's had in Weird Al's, uh, work you know but uh, Oofra. Oofra, yeah. so yeah i agree i mean i you if you right if you had to pick like if go down a list of people who could open for weird al emo would be on that short list for yeah me. absolutely he'd be, he'd be near the yeah. top absolutely he, he's i mean perfect choice and 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 i and it's like I jelly bean and pickles and, they just go together so perfect and even you know seeing emo he does repeat jokes from show to show, but even seeing seeing the show, I'm never bored seeing no. him because it's it's always he's always different. Well, every and Al night. does repeat songs from show to yeah, show too. He, to be fair, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good point. And uh, but uh, he, he's always entertaining, and he, and you just never. I mean, you, well, you're, you're never you're never. It's bored. so complex because it's not just like if emo wrote his his act down on a piece of paper, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make you laugh the way it does in person. Oh because, no, you can't read because he his has. Jokes. I mean, the jokes are funny 
as they are, but he has this persona. He has the voice. It's just it. Yeah, like if he, you're if you're like oh I'm going to a Weird Al show I can be twenty minutes late and miss some don't you do not want to miss a second of emo he's so great um, his presentation is amazing yeah he he's the per I, I that's the best way to put it. he's the perfect opener for Weird Al and Weird Al and he's he's entertaining and he's definitely definitely worth you know worth checking out it's not worth you know like some I know in the past when Weird Al didn't have any control over who was openers for his his shows when he used to have that. That was a disaster because you never knew who you were getting. And right. It was, it was often worth, worth skipping them. <laughs> but do not skip emo. You would be bummed out. So I know we don't want to talk about uh, emo's jokes because they're much – they're better presented, um, you know, by emo. Uh, we cannot do them justice and we'd rather, you know, our listeners hear them directly from emo. But there was a, a callback to uh, something we mentioned on a previous episode – I think we were in New Bedford, maybe or Medford. Medford, Medford, Medford. Medford uh, the day before the Kentucky Derby, and uh, we went on about how how emo uh, recorded a message to his friend Red, who was uh, a jockey in the uh, Kentucky Derby. Well, believe it or not, today apparently uh, is the day before the Belmont Stakes, <laughs> and uh, he had us record a message again for Red. So that was. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, it made me wonder, is it a bit or is there really a jockey he's friends with? So uh, It felt genuine. It felt genuine both felt times. It felt genuine so. both times. And, and uh, yeah, we were cu- – we sport- jump ahead. You know, after the show, obviously, we hang out with, with fans. We were talking to, like, you know, John Katz and, and a couple of, you know, all our other friends that were out there. And John was like, I think it's authentic too. And, you know, so. Yeah. It's interesting. It so. was very – so – yeah, so uh, even if it's not authentic, uh, the way he does it, it's very funny and endearing. So yeah, so, um, so it's interesting <clears throat> that we got to see both of those uh, the times that he made the call out to Red. Yeah, and uh, that was interesting. So from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast, good luck, Red. Even though this will air after you've raced, yes. if you are a real person. <laughs> anyway, uh, emo ended at eight thirty four. I didn't see a drink uh, at all. Um, not no, I even. I didn't. I didn't see one either. Uh, not even in that like uh, Bounder pouch I mentioned last night, where I saw the or last uh, show where I saw the um, the uh, San Pellegrino. I didn't see anything yep. tonight. And, and since I, I I usually mention this, uh, th- there is a joke at, that emo ends with, which he did end with this evening, and is my favorite. Your favorite joke. joke. Ever. Your favorite and, joke. And uh, I, I felt that. That this was probably one of Emo's best sets that that he's done on this tour so far. Though. Really, really good. Set. Really, I, I really did. And uh, <clears throat> and since uh, we often say this, he did get a standing ovation. He I did. I, I know it was a par- technically a partial standing ovation since I did see a few people that weren't standing. But it was. It was. I think most of the people there were. <laughs> we were, stood. Uh, I, we, well, we definitely stood. I definitely stood for that. Yeah. I thought it was one of. I thought it was perhaps Emo's one of his best uh, sets. Is that was Emo's set Dave's pick of the night? Emo's set was not Dave's pick of the night, but okay. it was. Uh... Frank, you don't have to push the theme song. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I'll do it. Uh, maybe one day Emo's uh, set could be Dave's pick of the night. Yeah. I, I'll have to uh, start ranking that with the others. But uh, <laughs> so so they in between Emo's set, uh, it's usually uh, a little downtime for us to kind of collect our thoughts. And uh, relax a little bit, but but we were really busy this time, because uh, like almost immediately after emo set, uh, 
someone runs over to us, <laughs> yeah. gets down in the front row and says, are you guys Dave and Ethan from the podcast? <laughs> we're like, well, yes, we are. Of course, we go. <laughs> He has uh, the the picture of us from Mind Freak up on on his that we right. posted up, up on his phone, and he's he's trying to look at us, and we're of course we're wearing masks, so you know you, sometimes you put on a mask. You look I mean, like but I have a two thousand inch hat, so it's it's right, kind of so, hard to miss. And it, right, so and he saw us. Uh, I guess he saw me showing off my tattoos or whatever. Anyway, he was just sitting what three down, yeah, sitting three three rows, three seats away, and <clears throat> yeah, he's one of our listeners. His name is John. And uh, we started talking to John, and, and uh, John's a very interesting fellow because uh, he's got a Weird Al connection. Uh, he was actually in the White and Nerdy music video. Yes, he is in the Glee Club photo. He's in the Glee Club photo. And I was like, oh my gosh, we were just talking to somebody else who's in the White and Nerdy video. Yes, our... Whose name is also John. John yeah. Katz is in the White and Nerdy video. For he's, in the, uh, he's in the AV Club photo. He's in the AV Club photo. And uh, we were like, do you know John? John, do you know John? You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Uh, they, I don't think they had met each other. Um, I don't know if they shot the photo. We'll have to get more details from, from both of them at some yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. And, and find out uh, you know, how, how that whole process worked. But then another interesting uh, thing is that um, John mentioned that uh, Kimo actually performed at his wedding. How cool. How freaking pretty stinking majestic. I know that Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West did our podcast theme song, and that's pretty stinking majestic. But to also have... The Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West perform at your wedding. That is pretty stinking majestic. I wonder if he was visible or invisible at the wedding, though. I, I, I did talk a little bit with John, uh, <laughs> and I, maybe we'll save the story and have John tell it someday, po- you know, possibly. Uh, but yeah, uh, he was definitely he was visible. Okay, he's got, he's, got a, he's got a good story about about how chemo got. Oh, cool. There, so. Well, you also tell me off the air because yeah. while you were talking to John a little bit more extensively, I was talking to the people to my our right, right. Um, For people I mentioned <clears throat> that I had been showing my tattoos before well, the show. They saw John come over to us and like <laughs> kind of like uh, be like recognize us, and they're just they turned to me and they're like, "Are you guys celebrities?" <laughs> we're like, "Well." Uh, maybe if if you're like a Weird Al super fan, maybe. <laughs> so find celebrity. <laughs> Do we have uh at least a hundred followers on Instagram? <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> um, no, but they were really nice. It was uh, Sean and Hannah, and um, I got Ma- wearing matching Hawaiian shirts. By yes, way. really cool. And uh, so what they did is, um, their child and them for Halloween, they all dressed up as Weird Al. And um, I guess didn't know about tagging Weird Al to get in yeah. the uh, uh, the you know the best uh, compilation. So I think and, next year maybe. And I think uh, I don't know if you were there when when they said this or not, but I think uh, Sean had uh, surprised uh, Hannah with the front row tickets. I don't oh. think she knew that they were sitting. Oh, in the front how row. cool! So that's pretty. Yeah, that's they're pretty cool. they're really big Weird Al fans. She was she's like you know in our circle we're the big Weird Al fans, <laughs> but we can't really. You know, compared to you guys, and we're no, like, we're all don't compare out. to us. You There's know? no competition. It's Come no on. competition, and if there is a competition, don't put us in that category <laughs> because we will could will destroy you. No, nah. it's it's uh it's uh, 
you know, we're we're just so happy that there's so many hardcore Weird Al fans out there. They flew to Vegas for the show. Oh. I don't know if only for the show, but um, they live in Washington D.C. So I oh. said, "Oh, are you going to the Kennedy Center show?" And they said, "Actually, by the time he's at the Kennedy Center, because that's what like in September or something." Yeah, they're like, "We're gonna have moved to um, like Utah or something." Oh, cool. So, <laughs> It's kind always so cool. It's always cool to get to just just meet. Like we met a couple people we never met before, and uh, and yeah. big Weird Al fans that we've never met before. It's, it's always amazing that there's so many. Like I feel like we've just like we have so many so many Weird Al f- friends and, and that have been friends for a long time, and we're always meeting new people. And there's just probably so many other people out there. That <laughs> well, yet and we're to always meet. like, it, it's always after the fact. I'm like, how, how is we, it so late? When we leave venues, it's because, like, we, we have so many great friends that we've met Yo. through, I mean, each other, but also, additionally, other Weird Al friends who we just, yeah. like, we just, time goes so fast when we're just chatting with them and, uh, you know, like-minded individuals. Well, so. unfortunately, time went pretty fast uh, through this break because at 8.47 is when I saw uh, John Bermuda Schwartz come out on stage. Uh, Wait, was it really that long? Yeah. 34. Oh, so that was actually 13 minutes. Yeah. I have e- I didn't have when they came back, but I have email left at 834, so yeah. That's really quick. 13 minutes. Yeah, I forgot to write down the time email left, but 834 sounds correct to me wow. cuz he went long. Uh he had a long set cuz he started at 801, so it was like a 13 or 14 minute set. Or, I mean a 20 34 <laughs> thing. 33 minutes. 33 set. Or 34 minutes set. Uh yeah, so 847 Bermuda came out, uh, followed by the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West. At 8.48 was the very first hit of Bermuda's drum set. Oh, thank you for so. writing that down. Of course, uh, Steve came out, and he had sunglasses on. And I noticed the megaphone set up for Al. But before any of that, it was Fun Zone. Did fun you already zone. say it was Fun Zone? Nope. Okay, was, Fun Zone. I was <laughs> letting you say that. <clears throat> um, fun Zone. Fun Zone. Great starter to a show. And then it was interesting because uh, as, as Weird Al came out and said, hello, Vegas, uh, uh, Steve and Ruben leave the stage. So they came out to play the little <laughs> instrumental fun zone, which is a very short, I don't know how long it is, 45-second minute song. And uh, then they get to leave. Yeah, it was really funny. I didn't even hear him say hello, Vegas, because was, everyone was <laughs> cheering so loud for Al. Yeah, he said hello, Vegas. And uh, then... Uh, with Steve and Ruben gone, they went right into CNR. CNR. And uh, what did you call this thing? The uh, shaker dingle dangle ringle? The, jing- the jingle dingle. Dingle jingle. That's dingle jingle. Shaker dingle jingle jingle. So I was playing the shaker dingle jingle again uh, for this song. Um, I think you mentioned Al had on a... I don't know you didn't mention this. Al had on a black shirt... I was just about to... White flowers? Yeah, so this is how I'll I'll describe the shirt, and I do have a name for it, Dave, because that is, you know, Jared gave me that uh, duty, right? He he sanctioned me. Um, So, uh, yes, black shirt, white flowers, and I thought the flowers... Uh, were kind of thin, yeah, like feathers. Thin. Yeah, very. They kind of looked like feathers. Yes. So I named this shirt "Birds of a Feather." Oh, okay. So birds of I a was feather. wearing the "Birds of a Feather" Hawaiian shirt tonight. Okay. Um, 
I have no idea what I wrote after this. Something like, after CNR, Al said, well, now, do you have something? I said, how, how, yeah, how are you guys doing? And then, um, let's hear it for emo. Well, how, yeah, how are you guys doing? Yeah. Well, how are you guys doing? Um, yeah, if you'd asked him in the 1980s if he had... Uh, One day he'd travel for yeah. six months with Emo Phillips. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hear for Emo. Um, and then he kind of said... Uh, he said, well, I know this is sort of a very different uh, show. And he kind of went off a little bit about... Uh, he said that tonight uh, the show would be nothing but Smash Mouth covers. Yeah. And so he started playing uh, they All-Star. Said, said, right, said, they started playing uh, you know, the All-Star song. Somebody. Da, 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 da. So, so that was, that was a <laughs> crazy. Like, I've never, I mean, I've never seen something like that before. Like, the cover song just sort of starting. Like, <laughs> I thought they were going to play it. I thought they were, too. But, <laughs> but they, they stopped. They stopped, you know, after, like, the first verse or so. I mean, they didn't get very far. And then, the and then he's like, no, no, no. This is the Deep Cuts tour. And he's like, but, um, you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, as, as, you know, obviously the name of the tour is the Ridiculous... The the unfortunate. unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. He's like, even though all that, you know, there's still probably people in the back, you know, whispering to each other, hey, when's he going to play Eat It? Right. <laughs> so he said, to those people from the bottom of my heart, no refunds, all sales are final. Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if he gave an introduction for this song or not, but I, uh, the next song was One More Minute. Yeah. Um, my notes are extra messy tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> I can barely read them. Must have been you were sitting in the uh, right messy seat. Yes, I was. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, uh, the song was One More Minute. Uh, there was a really long uh, pause before the, the screech there at the end. I don't know if you picked that up or not. Before the screech? Um, you know, at the end. Uh, oh, the... <gasps> yeah. Um, no, I didn't catch that it was a long pause. A long pause. Now I need Coke Zero after doing that. <laughs> Here, I'm going to open the Coke Zero. It's a twist off. You don't get the, the, the pop of the key. Yeah, not as satisfying. Um, they said, well, let me take you, let me, after one more minute, let me uh, take a moment to introduce you to the new newest member of the band. Um, and, and then, then uh, uh, he's still 1991, he's still a new guy. <laughs> he said, Ruben? Would you like to kick it off? And he so. said, why, yes, I would, why? Al. Yes, I would. <laughs> and uh, he started with, uh, why does this always happen to me? Kick and that off. So this was kind of weird. Um, during why does this always happen to me, I saw some kind of commotion. I saw like some kind of like lighting, like someone with flashlights. So I looked over. This was to our left, our... Um, Jim side, and I saw four police officers escorting some people out. Wow. Like, sort of surrounding them. So it was like two police officers behind them, two people in the front, and maybe a couple ushers. And I couldn't really see because it was kind of far away, but I definitely saw this like crowd of police officers escorting someone out during that song. Wow. So I totally missed that. And even talking to our friends after the show, they didn't notice it either. So 
I have no idea what it was. You know, it could have been someone misbehaving. It could have been someone having, an, you know, a medical issue. I'm really not sure. Wow. Um, Maybe they just uh, were ho- hoping to see Smash Mouth and got, uh, got upset when it wasn't. <laughs> I, th- I came here to see all Smash Mouth covers. <laughs> um, I also noticed during Why Does This Always Happen to Me... Um, you know, we, we talk about sometimes, and sometimes we don't uh, mention all of them, but Al does some kind of like different uh, hand signals and, and things, uh, kind of motions during certain songs. And usually for the uh, turned around and stabbed him in the face, he does like a stabbing motion. Huh. And I noticed he did not do that tonight. Oh, interesting. So for me, uh, I noticed that the song starts out with these really gorgeous purple lights and the fog up on the stage. It looked It looked amazing. To me, I felt like oh yeah, focused on Ruben for his intro, right? I, I mean, after the, after Ruben's intro, I mean, when the when the band finally gets lit and lit up, you know, with the with the lights, that the whole purple lights for that song in the beginning, I just thought from again we were sitting. I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast. We're sitting sort of in the sweet spot, like where we were sitting dead dead center, no one in front of us. Al and the band were back a little bit further yeah. on stage, so they were like the perfect distance to be able to see the entire band. And have nobody in front of you. So, so last we, night... Again, we were in the sweet spot again. Last perfect, night, perfect. I commented how I couldn't really see Bermuda. Um, and you said you could. Tonight, I could kind of see Bermuda. Could you see? <laughs> I could not see Bermuda at all. <laughs> so a couple inches to the right, and uh, you can see Bermuda, apparently. I couldn't really see here. Ruben too well either. Well, I could. I I, uh, I liked your seat from Wednesday. <laughs> I liked my seat from Wednesday, too. <laughs> I think I, that was the better of the two seats. Well, that's what happens when you switch off. And uh, I just had a question for you. Sure. Uh, or for our audience, really. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. I'm just is wondering if the so- if uh, the Robert in the song, Why Does This Always Happen to Me, is the same as the Bob from the Bob song. I know he doesn't mention Bob, but if, it's, if you think it's Bob. Well, as you know, my to. conspiracy theory about the Robert, if you remember, I did ask Al about it. In the future, when we interview him on episode two thousand inch, well, you have to refresh my memory um, because it is like two o'clock in the morning. That's right true, now. and we are in Vegas, sitting under. I don't think we mentioned this. We're in my hotel room tonight. Uh, we recorded in yours on Wednesday, and I'm in the actual pyramid part yes. of the Luxor. So right above our heads is the glass that is angled. <laughs> So if we stood up in the wrong spot, we would bonk our heads yes, we would. at this angled uh, glass. Um, but my theory is, if you remember in UHF, um, you know, Al has asks Bob, a.k.a., you know, Bobbo the Clown, to uh, bash in his head with a crowbar. Right. And uh, he says, I could never do that. You still owe me five bucks. Mm. And then there's someone named Robert who Al mentions, um, you know, uh, yeah. owing him five right. bucks in Why Does This Always Happen to Me? So I think that those two Robert. Robert and Bob are related, and that's a. I, I hadn't considered that the Bob from Bob, um, you know that great Weird Al song with the music video, um, would be the same one. And, and uh, what did uh, Weird Al in the future say about this? <laughs> he said, "It's up to me to decide." Oh, so you get to make the decision. That's pretty cool. <laughs> what did you decide? Oh, uh, uh, they're the same person. No, I, I thought you were talking about if Bob had a music video. I don't remember what he said. Oh, okay. Well, well, it some, hasn't happened yet, so... Okay. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Technically. So, so some, 
if people want to go, I guess they can go listen to episode 127 inch, 128 inch, 129 inch, or 130 inch. Yeah, I, I think he gave me a non-answer. I don't think he confirmed nor denied. Um. <laughs> well, speaking of the f- there's five bucks I'm never going to see again, uh, you had an experience uh, yesterday in front of the Bellagio where uh, <laughs> there was a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, there's probably five bucks you were never going to see again. Uh, four dollars. Four, oh, it was four dollars. Okay. I thought it was five. <laughs> So so I don't know. so so when he said that line I immediately thought oh of that's that hilarious yeah so if you've ever been to Vegas and I guess there's people who do a similar kind of thing in New York City or, or L A or yeah. really kind of any populated area yeah. uh, sometimes like in New York or L A it's people dressed up as superheroes or Mickey Mouse or something uh, but in Vegas you know Hollywood these, Boulevard does it too, yeah, yeah. The, these you know there's these girls who dress up as showgirls yes um, very revealing um, outfits and and uh, they go up to people and try and take pictures with them and then harass them for money well I thought it would be funny if Dave and I got a picture with them you know because uh, you know when um, we post the centimeter episodes usually we post like a, a picture of us from that oh, day is that or, what you or, wanted the picture okay <laughs> well, so I thought it would be funny if Dave and I, you know, did our hand signals and we had, you know, oh. a nearly naked lady, uh, you know, around us or whatever. Um, so someone approaches us after we kind of have this conversation and, uh, you know, I start well, we talking. We have this conversation. We They approached and... So I'm a veteran of Vegas. I know these people are scammers. I told you to stay away from them, but somehow you... I was under the impression that you were going to get in the photo with me and we'd take a selfie and it was going to be like our Instagram post. It would be kind of a funny Vegas Well, if photo. you had explained it to me that way, I might have done the picture with you. Well, <laughs> that's, I, I guess I didn't explain it well enough, but uh, whatever happened... Uh, Dave did not want to be in the photo, so then I was just kind of awkwardly standing between uh, <laughs> these nearly naked ladies covered in glitter, and um, the you know Dave is now the cameraman. He's taking pictures. I'm like, I didn't want this. I wanted Dave in the photo. <laughs> like, I'd rather have a photo with you than these naked ladies, nearly naked I don't ladies. Blame you. Um, and so Dave takes a picture. They're like, let's do another pose. They're like, put your hand on my leg, and oh, I really gosh. didn't want to. No. So I just like I put like like one finger on their leg and they're like, no. And so like I touched their boots cause I figured that That's... probably is less likely to d- get me a disease or something. Um, so after that, or, or I guess before this all happened, I just asked them like how much it costs to get a photo. Cause I was genuinely curious, yeah. like how much money these people make. And, uh, they said, Oh, it's just tips. It's whatever you want. So we did, you know, Dave takes the photo of me um, and I reached in my pocket and I have four ones in my pocket and, uh, I was going to hand each girl two ones. I thought, uh, you know, two photos, two bucks each. That's a, a pretty fair tip. Wait, you're literally taking a, we're literally taking a picture. Right. For <laughs> costs, costs them two, nothing. To two do seconds. That. Um, well, as soon as I get the money out of my pocket, the one girl rips it out of my hand. And I was like, no, you know, two is for you, two is for you. Oh, no. They start arguing. They're like, no, you need to give us, you know, another $10. And I was like, that's all my cash. And they, like, whip out, like, a credit card reader. And they're like, no, here's the credit card reader. Like, all this stuff. And uh, 
they're like harassing us. They start yelling at Dave, delete the photo. And then Dave like gets out of there. And, but then I'm kind of stuck and they're like, make him delete the photo. I'm like, you're not letting <laughs> me leave. How can I make him delete the photo? <laughs> it was a fiasco. So the moral of the story is do not interact with anybody like this in Las Vegas. Do not feed the animals. Do not, yes. <laughs> and th that's a warning to anybody traveling to Las Vegas. You'll see these people. Th they will try to be your best friend. You just can walk away and just say no thank you or say no and just keep walking. And they yeah. will eventually leave you. They will not, they're not supposed to harass you, but they really do. They really, yeah. They, yeah. They, it was a, it's a bad experience. It gives, gives Vegas a bad name. You know, it's a nice family-friendly town. Yeah. Yeah, those naked women could be more family friendly. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so that was that's a long way of saying that the fi there's five bucks I'm never going to see again. Yes. So there's the four bucks you're never going to see again for that. And at least, in a, at least you got a good story out of it. I, I suppose. <laughs> I, I uh, you got a story. Out I looked of it. at the photos and they it totally is not worth the four bucks. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> it. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. Well, it's a learning experience. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a story. It's a. <laughs> All right, so Al, uh, let's move on with the Al concert. Yes. So, so after, uh, Al, why does this always happen to me? Al picks up his accordion. Yes, and he says, "I know what you're all waiting for." Drum solo! And we got a couple hits, like four or five. Yeah, it was like four. Yeah, five I think hits. I got kind of four. Or five. And then Al said, John Bermuda Schwartz, what a guy. Yes, put that in the spreadsheet, the what a guy column. Put check mark next to John Bermuda Schwartz. <laughs> and then he went right into When I Was Your Age. Yes. Um, and this was this was cool because... Uh, the, the, for this one, the, like the fog machines are sort of off on the side, and they sort of blow the fog into the middle section. I just I thought that was pretty cool. The the fog coming from like the side of the stage, just enveloping the band. Uh, <coughs> so that was my uh, notes on when I was your age. Actually, I have a little. I have a I have a comment on Al's voice. Okay. That I could talk about of when I was your age. Uh, when I was your age again, he kind of I, I felt like. I felt like uh, his voice, to me, sounded a little raspy, like like it wasn't like probably how mine sounds right now, uh, a little raspy, like it wasn't a hundred percent. But again, that's part of how the song is too. So I yeah. really couldn't tell. And talking to John Katz after the show, John thought that when I was, he actually said to me, "Well, when I was your age, that's my pick of the night." So I guess whatever I was hearing, uh, hmm, I didn't notice that. But I, I, I mean, I think um, John, John enjoyed it. <laughs> On Wednesday night, I definitely recognized him changing his voice for, um, I, I believe it was Generic Blues that it stood out to me. Huh. And actually, after the concert tonight, talking to um, our friend Aaron's dad, who I guess is also our friend, Brad, <laughs> um, he said that he really uh, felt that Al changed his voice to sound like... Um, you know, what his voice sounded like on the album for, oh. for some of the songs, so... Um, maybe that's maybe that's what you're hearing because yeah. yeah I mean it is kind of a, a raspy kind of more gritty song there was um, another point in the show I'll, when I when we get there I'll point it out to I felt that same way but again it could have been the song but let's uh, any other comments on when I was your age well I don't know what this says it looks like it says uh, pedal soy Pedal soy or oh you know what you asked me to look at uh, oh pedal uh, yeah he was hitting the uh, did you notice it what, what what was I looking for? Because I didn't notice it. 
Um, during when I was your age, Al had his foot pedal and was... Uh, what does the foot... Maybe I, maybe I saw it and I don't know what a foot pedal looks like. It's just like kind of a... Um, a long silver okay, I did flat see box. That. Yes, okay. And Al would, uh, I guess, during when I was your age, he had to switch the I accordion did see him. a few okay. times. Okay, so. I did see him. Okay, yes. So yes, the answer is yes. I did see him. Great. Foot pedal. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're able to figure that out. Yes. Pedal soy. Um, <laughs> so you know, then uh, he went into his kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to sound like the B-52s, yeah. but. Uh, he, he said, imagine um, Jim and Steve with beehives, but for every reason, I know he didn't say this, but I thought he said beet hive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Maybe he did, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought but that. But he also, he also said uh, that, that normally it would be, I think the name were uh, Kate Pierce and uh, Cindy, w- or Cindy Wilson. Uh, he named the two B-52. Oh, uh, yeah. The singers, the two uh, female singers in the B-52s. And, uh, of course, that means he went into Mr. Popeil, uh, which is always just a great song to get to hear. <laughs> One of my favorites. Um, and uh, did you have anything else on Mr. Popeil? I love the lights yeah, yeah, on Mr. Popeil. Uh, yeah, Kate. Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, Frank's sending me, handing me a note. Kate Pearson. And Cindy Wilson. Ah, yes, of course. Pearson and Cindy Wilson. Uh, <laughs> the only thing... Uh, oh, yeah, I do have a note about Mr. Popeil, and it actually happened prior to Mr. Popeil. Uh, prior to the song, I saw uh, Hawkeye, the stage manager, up on stage, and he was uh, fixing something on Ruben's keyboards. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I saw him later in the concert doing I did, something I saw him else. later as well. Um, I also saw... <laughs> Uh, I, I also uh, happen to love the lights for uh, when I, when um, for the beef, for Mr. Popeil. It's like green. Yeah, green it's, it's and really really cool lights on that. And this was the other one. This was the one that I really noticed it because I I, I thought uh, the voice again sounded a little bit raspy in this one. Hmm. Maybe Al just had a raspy voice tonight. Um, and I'm not sure what that says. So. Where? <laughs> I don't know. Shouty song? Shouty sing? Oh, yeah, this is another song. That's good, good, good translation. Cause that, I know exactly you translated my thing. You, I'll translate your thing. So, so <laughs> the, yes. So, uh, again, uh, Mr. Popeil on the album, he sort of shouts, Mr. Popeil! You know, so, yeah. again, this is a shouty song, so this could be... Just the fact that he was doing that raspy voice intentionally to as yeah. kind of shout as the thing. So again, I couldn't. T- I wouldn't call them flubs by any means. I wouldn't uh, e- at either one of those songs. I just no, they just sounded a little. His voice sounded a little bit different to me. That's all I was trying to point out. And that's probably size. just for sitting in in a, a it different. Could, seat. It could be sitting in a different seat. Um, <clears throat> next song. I, before we get to the next song, yeah. I just wanted to point out um, at this point. Um, He'd already played a couple songs that were we heard on Wednesday. So um, I know going into the Vegas run, we weren't sure. I, I think we were pretty sure there weren't going to be three completely different shows just based on the number of uh, <laughs> songs that are in uh, this tour. Mathematically in the impossible. Um, Unless but, one show was really short. But I was wondering, you know, maybe um, Wednesday 
and Saturday would be very similar, and then Friday would be very different. But um, we did have uh, already yes. at this point yeah, in the definitely. show yeah, a definitely. number of songs that we'd heard yeah. on Wednesday, which obviously doesn't matter. Dave and I were going to so many <laughs> shows; it's all you know. It doesn't. Um, doesn't we did get a few new ones. We got uh, we got All Star. We, that's true. We got All Star. Um, I've not heard that one yet on and, the tour. And uh, yeah, well, so we'll we'll get into it. But I, I just wanted to point out that there were. Uh, a number of repeats and a couple new ones. So I'm curious to see what we see tomorrow night. We get and uh, the next song. He said he got this idea at Disneyland. He went through his pretty much. Uh, he explained standard. it, yeah. and I just I loved. He said uh, um, he talks about the ride, and he's like, and you get to see some politically incorrect jungle experiences. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course it's uh, Skipper Dan. Skipper Dan. Um. And then he started going, he started saying, someone, 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 someone told me. And then he started saying, someone told me. <laughs> it went through the, the uh, song again, started to tease it all, started, all, all through the line. You know, not the sharpest tool in the shed. And then, uh, so a second tease for All Star. He did not play the entire song, but it definitely played enough of it that I would uh, at least note it in the spreadsheet for both versions of, of so far. So our second time we got to hear All Star by Smash Mouth that evening. Um, and then he said, uh, someone told him that he should write us a, a song, um, I think something about about palindromes or something to that effect. I haven't written down. I'm still on Skipper Dan. I'm trying to no. interpret what I wrote here. Well, um... I wrote last show, Steve. This show, Har Mage Better. I don't know. I have no Let's idea what this. On. If you think of it, come back to it later. It's really important. I know. Um, Al Al then said somebody wants because he said somebody wants. I went, somebody. went through all that. Well, I have what he said for Bob. He said he didn't have that. Uh, so he finally, after he said, somebody once said I should write a Bob Dylan song with nothing but palindromes. Well, challenge accepted. And then they went into Bob. <laughs> and uh, after Bob, he said, uh, oh, see what, what time it is. And he looked at uh, his watch or his on his phone. Yeah. He said, it's 923. And that means it's time for a bass solo! Time for the bass solo. This is a really long bass solo. A really by, uh, good, rocking, really, yeah. funky um, bass solo. And it was interesting because it, like, it was the white light, you know, the spotlight was was directly on Steve, you know, and it was and it, at the beginning of it, it was flickering as as uh, Steve was hitting each bass note, and then they stopped doing that pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> But Steve uh, went through a pretty good uh, bass solo, and then he transitioned his bass solo right into the start of First World Problems. First World Problems! And I believe, Dave, you, you kind of nudged me during the the uh, that song, and I think you were trying to point out to me that Steve was singing the uh, First World Problems yes. part. Um, but it was also John. Oh, I couldn't see John, but I definitely but, could see Steve. Yeah, it was definitely John and Steve both. Yeah. Or singing that part. I know because in a couple episodes, uh, you you had you had said you saw John singing it and hadn't seen Steve singing it, so that's why I, I nudged you. Yeah, so yeah. You could so make sure I because and because I know Al in a previous concert called out that like instead of um, now I'm blanking on her name, uh, Amanda Palmer. A Palmer, Amanda Palmer. Instead of her singing, it would be uh, John. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> so and I um, saw Steve sing it at a, at a different show. So I, yeah. So it's it's the two of them together. So, yeah, so I wanted to make sure you could you could see Steve sing it. Now this was a really interesting intro. I'd never. Um, I it, he said so much it was hard for me to write down. Yeah. But um, he said that yeah, like a pro tip for uh, for some songwriters is to make it relatable. And he said uh, yeah, make it popular. Yeah. Um, the way he described this song is uh, he said I, I had trouble writing down because he said so much. But essentially, um, hire a PI. <laughs> uh, to follow a woman around and for six months uh, find out her schedule for the next six months and then take all the flights and uh, he said well maybe since it's not relatable that's why nobody likes this song <laughs> <laughs> um, and then went into Airline Amy and um, yeah and he asked if anybody else if anybody else could kind of relate to that story right right which I, I raised which, my hand um, <laughs> um, I've never I heard Al describe it as, um, I don't know if this was just a joke or if when he wrote the song, that was sort of like his head canon that the guy in the song hired a private investigator because... <laughs> no, I'd, I'd never thought of it that way. I'd never thought I about that way either. I just assumed it was a person that uh, that that flew a lot and then just learned a- Amy's schedule right. and uh, or maybe asked Amy or maybe Amy doesn't mind that this person is... Uh, uh, my thought was always that this was uh, sort of like a mutual relationship between uh the the oh. person on the flight and amy and not not oh, I, I never amy, thought it was not mutual. that amy was <laughs> not that amy was uh was um reciprocating but she was okay with this gentleman flying like she she was like oh yeah my next flight is going to denver and, and then he would book the flight i figure some flight attendants just kind of they go on the same route so i always just assumed it was Could just be. like She's flying from Albany to Detroit and back. You know, I don't know. Well, Al Al plays the uh, dingle jingle again, the shaker dingle jingle again for this one. <laughs> Airline Amy, tambourine, and uh, I love this. Is uh, maybe you're saying yeah. the same thing? Go ahead. Okay. No, so so this is the song where there's sort of like a dueling um, Jim and uh, Ruben kind of solos throughout the song, and uh, on this one, uh, Al was sort of. He took the tambourine and he sort of was shaking it at the person. As he turned they, around he and turned like, towards was, them and was shaking, pointing it at them as they were doing their sort of the, the, their. Yeah, story, there's this great part story. where it's like yeah. all the lights focus on Jim, then they all focus on Ruben, right. and then back to Jim, and then back to Ruben, and so Al, you know, was very uh, astute at following, um, following that. Um, and then at the end of the song, did you catch what Al did with the uh, tambourine? I don't know. What did he, he do? He, he sort of tossed it in the air, and then he, he kind of it spun around a few times, and he caught it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, then Al said that they usually save this for later in the show, uh, but they were going to let someone from the audience yep. choose the song. He said, don't all yell out. I'll pick one person. And he picked Jim. Jim. Yeah, so he went again. He chose Jim. Uh, he's done that several times on this tour so far. And Jim actually looks shocked, which was surprised. Because <laughs> you would expect that Jim would know by now that he's... Uh, well, he sometimes was, sometimes uh, and he's, Steve like, gets he, was, he was tuning his his uh, guitar, but he seemed shocked about, about being chosen. He said, oh, let's do Lame Claim to Fame. And uh, I felt, again, this was the last song I noted this, this on, but I kind of felt that raspy voice was sort of back again for this song. Um, so I have an Ethan suggestion. 
Oh, do you? Frank? Ethan suggestions! So, my Ethan suggestion was... Jim should have picked All Star by Smash Mouth. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. They already did like, the joke twice. Like, like, what like... a missed opportunity! I, 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 I said that to myself as well. I'm so glad that was a good Ethan suggestion because I, I agree with that. I said, "What a, when he said lame claim the fame." I said, "Oh, what a missed opportunity!" I know, I know. because oh. <laughs> Al could have started it. He could have been like, "No, how about we play lame claim?" You know, there's so many ways they could have done yeah, it. Yeah, they could have gotten it um, very easily. But that would have been a great callback. Oh, what a missed opportunity. And I, 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 <laughs> in Lame Claim the Fame, I love uh, Al's dancing at the – kind of dancing in his seat at the end of the song. And you call oh, yeah. it – well, yeah. I call it the you, – you call it – you ask, I always forget what it's called. And I always say it's called the boneless boy dance. Yeah, I think it's called the boneless chicken dance because Al kind of like flaps That's his it. arms like the a chicken. The boneless boy yeah, dance right at the end of the song. So he's, he's kind of – I love that. I, I, I just love seeing that. Uh, and then we got... Uh, so after after that song ended, uh, Al goes, oh, what haven't we done yet? And then he called for a harpsichord solo. That's right, a harpsichord solo. And he called for that harpsichord solo, and I heard someone yell, maestro. I didn't hear L, I just heard maestro from somewhere huh. behind us. We were in the front row, so I guess anyone not in the front row would have been behind us, but... Um, well, is this is this a good opportunity then to ask? Uh, on the last episode, you were undecided whether or not you would be yelling El Maestro at the shows. Uh, this is a good opportunity to ask you if you uh, what happened at this show. Sure, um, I'm sure you know some of the answers because you were right next to me. But, I, I know the answer to this, um, this question already, but well, I'm, I'm tossing know, it to you. I'll let you so describe what you wanted to see. Sure. So you know. I after um, however many shows this is what my seventeenth uh, show so, yeah. of the tour uh, I've gotten very used to uh, finding opportune times to yell something out yeah uh, so um, you know last episode I think Dave you know we we kind of agreed that it might be uh, time to retire or, or at least take a break from yelling El Maestro mm-hmm. so. Um, I did. I did take a break, cool. but um, I decided to fill that void by trying out some different things to yell out. Um, so um, I, I did yell Bermuda. Okay. Uh, this was through. I didn't write down where, where right, they right, were, right, but right. at different times I yelled out Bermuda, uh, Chemo, Steve J. Um, I did try yelling out uh, Intern Frank at one point. <laughs> Why? Um, I yelled out Gill and Chill at one point. Um, I don't know. I just I wanted to try different things and, and see see what uh, what what's if anything if anything felt, felt right, right to me. Did um, anything anything you might think you might bring back, or are you still undecided? I'm still undecided. Uh, I'm still I'm still searching for the right. Did you like my Did you hear my suggestion? I yelled out one thing. During I did. The... I did hear that. Yes. Did, did you... I don't remember when you yelled it. I I don't either. But, but it was... I heard you. Yeah, you don't usually yell stuff out. I so. don't. So I, I was. Uh, I figured, you know, since since you weren't going to yell El Maestro anymore, maybe I should uh, maybe I should start yelling some stuff out. So at one point, I did yell out "Red Rump the Goody." Yes, I did hear that. <laughs> so hopefully, that one is the one that catches on, and maybe you'll consider doing that uh, for uh, a future show. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's it's up to uh, my discretion. I, I will have to see. We'll have to report on it. So the harpsichord solo was a pretty long uh, solo. Harpsichord yep. solo it went on for quite a bit. 
And as you know, as we've learned, if there's a harpsichord solo, uh, Melanie is not far behind. Yes, Melanie was was uh, far behind and uh, was was not far behind. I should say, it was immediately followed the harpsichord solo. And uh, my only note on this one, I wrote meow. So I did hear the meow. So people tracking, <laughs> I heard the meow. Whether you're, you're tracking whether I heard the meow or not, I, I uh, meow. Uh, I have decided to not track that anymore because uh, ever since I first noticed it, I've heard it every time. Uh, so it's just it's part of the show. Bermuda confirmed it. Um, after Melanie, Al said, um, some people ask him, are all your songs funny? <laughs> and he said, uh, the next song is not that funny. Yes, he said something along like that. I wrote, wax, wax nostalgic. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Um, or if uh, I heard it wrong, but yeah, it's something he wanted it to be wax nostalgic. Um, yeah, uh, simpler time in my life. He said this song was about a simpler time in my life, good old days. Yes. Yeah, so uh, disagree with you, Al. This is a funny song. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I, I noticed uh, this is song uh, has those uh, crescent moons in them, those toenail clipping lights. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, they were in, they were usually they, they fill up the whole entire back of the uh, the you know the the screen in the back the, the right what's going on in the back uh, they did not this time they were actually in the shape of a pyramid like a triangle oh really yeah so they were at the top was uh, you know thin you know down to wider like interesting and interesting because we are in a pyramid right now yeah I can touch the glass. But please don't. The Luxor glass. Well, I just did. <laughs> um, so, so I thought that was a nice. Uh, yeah, I wish nice I caught that. Shout out to us. Yeah, specifically to us. I assume because he knew that we were. I guess he must have heard us talking about how we we're staying at the Luxor. He yeah, he must have figured that out. Somehow. And then the somehow got that the over to, <laughs> to Peaches. To, to, to uh, so then Al said. You know, he's self-aware enough to know that uh, when people think of him, they think of two <laughs> things. Uh, one is raw, unbridled sexual energy, yeah. and the other is authentic American blues music. And he said, I would like to whip a little generic blues on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he whipped some generic blues on us next time with generic blues. Uh, this is uh, at the part where uh, where the Jim has that crazy guitar solo. Uh he just said, make it talk, son. Oh, make it talk. And he's, then he kind of just looked at him for a while and got really... The look on Al's face, I wrote that down because... Or I can't write down his look, but you know what I mean. I wrote, <laughs> you sketch it? I sketched it, I sketched it in the notebook because it was, it was a great look that Al was giving him. And then he said, okay, now make it shut up. Um, I and, wanted to point out that a few times... I didn't write down every time, but... Um, I don't know if there was another show oh, I, I know what you're in this yeah. uh, venue um, on Thursday, but a couple times throughout the show, just like a, a lone piece of confetti would fall down. Maybe it was falling from the Chris Angel show. It may have uh, followed us from Chris Angel. Um, but what was really interesting to me was during um, Generic Blues... A piece of confetti, I watched it fall down. I don't know if you saw this. It fell down and perfectly <laughs> landed on Ruben's keyboard. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I thought then, I thought he grabbed it, and I saw him put his hand down, and then I saw it fall down huh. 
behind the keyboard. So I thought he grabbed it and like kind of got rid of it. But after the show, spoiler alert, we ran into Ruben and I asked him about it. And he said, no, I had no idea. Huh. <laughs> so I did not see that. But yeah, I did see occasionally a piece of confetti fall from the uh, rafters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which I don't recall on Wednesday seeing that. So I don't No, I didn't. I don't I don't. I didn't actually look up to see if there was another show in there. Um, I mean, it, it could have been it could have been anything. It could yeah, have been an old piece of confetti. That's true. Um, uh, so, so this one, I I was mostly watching Steve during this song because I, he was really jamming out on on this song. So it was uh, pretty cool to see him kind of just jamming out, playing bass on this guitar. Yeah, it's a great bass song, song. Yeah. Uh, generic blues. This was great. So Al Al said the next song is really hard to describe. Yep. Uh, he said it's it's about a guy named Frank, <laughs> which I then booed because I heard the word well, Frank. First he said it was is a song about a TV, and it's just, that's uh, two two thousand inches diagonally owned by somebody named Frank. And that's when I booed because. Yeah. I didn't know he was going into this song, Frank's 2000 Inch TV. I thought he was talking about our intern, Frank. Oh. So I booed when I heard Frank, but then but I realized... But you yelled out intern Frank's name earlier. Well, that's what I thought. I thought he um, he heard that suggestion. Um, I was yelling out intern Frank because, remember, Al said when he hears people yell out El Maestro, the only thing he hates more than that is Nazis. So I was like, well, he probably hates intern frank more than he hates nazis so i was trying to like make him feel better gotcha um that's we'll go with that <laughs> so after al um <laughs> described this the song he, he looks over and he says oh jim has to tune his guitar and he said what else can what i say can i say and he was trying to think of stuff to say and and I... so jim is still like actively trying to um <laughs> tune his guitar and he's like as he's tuning he doesn't even really even look up from the guitar he's like uh well is the tv H hd is it hd <laughs> right and then al says well it was written in the 90s so it's probably sd <laughs> and then uh there's like kind of a pause al's still kind of looking at jim and, and jim goes jim's well, still yeah. <laughs> tinkling you know he's still tuning he goes oh, well, it might be uhd <laughs> 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 and then uh, he's and, and during this whole like kind of interaction, um, you know, someone I heard yell out drum solo. <laughs> right. So he's, he kind of says, well, I, are we still tuning? Are we still stalling? And uh, he's, well, I heard someone yell out. <laughs> yeah, I did hear a request for a drum solo. So, so. He's, call out drums. So he did not call out drum solo reprise. He just called out for another drum solo. <laughs> and it was just a couple hits. And then uh, he said, well, this song, oddly enough, is called Frank's 2000-inch TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Al, yeah, he did a great job describing it. So, yeah, um, exactly like he described it. <laughs> I don't know what the heck I wrote here. Um, oh, I think it's important you... as a citizen to be informed uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and he and he said, "I personally go to one outlet that tells it like it is." The Weekly Midnight Star. I thought this was a really good rendition of Midnight Star. Oh, I it was so this, good. I thought this was a really like this is one of the the best I've heard on the tour so far. Yeah, it was a really just super fun um, Midnight Star version. Um, Anything else on Midnight Star? No, I just, I loved it. It's just, it's great. Um, so, 
so so this one, he said there's a rumor, you know, but he started going on his uh, spiel he's been doing lately about the rumor about the movie. It's called We Are the Al Yankovic Story, you know. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, this is a real said, thing that's yeah. going to exist. Yeah. And he said uh, this is a little redundant because uh, I already wrote a song that's about my whole life story. And, and let me tell you, um, at this point, I realized what song he was going to play next. And it really caught me by surprise because I felt like the show had just started. Yeah, it's, it went really it went, fast tonight. It went really fast. And I was um, like, wow, we're already at this point in the show? I, yeah, and I, you know, as we've mentioned before, I write down what number song he's on. So I knew that it had to be either Albuquerque or... I, I, um, it caught me totally by surprise. Or Twine Ball. I was Ball. such a fun time. I just wasn't but yeah, so expecting... He, he's just a bit redundant because he's already written a song about his life story. Um, he's like, do you want to hear it? And the, you know, the audience cheered and he's like, Oh, I mean, you guys seem a little ambivalent about it. Let's do, let's do something else. And then, um, Steve turns to Alan. He goes, no, let's do it. Yeah. He, t- he kind of turned to Steve <laughs> and said, like, he's looking like, should we do it? And he's like, no, let's do it. Yeah. And then of course went right into Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Um, during Albuquerque, um, I noticed, uh, you probably wrote this down. Hawkeye, uh, did something with Bermuda. Yeah, he went over to he, <laughs> I wrote the same thing. I wrote Hawkeye went over to Bermuda's drums. Um, so in Albuquerque, uh, he did stop because he's been doing every single time he's played Albuquerque that I'm aware of. He stopped and he apologized. Wait. About their, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hermaphrodite. Uh, so that was the, the pretty standard apology. I think he's finally got the correct definition of hermaphrodite down thanks to our uh, occasional special guest, Jackie Rossi. That's right. Uh and Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Uh, I counted, we're up to the donut section of the, uh, I think we are, yes. We're up to the donut section of the. I write them all down just in case. I don't know uh, why it, you do, but at I At this them. point, I, uh, you know, it's just tradition. So, so how many it's, did you write down? It makes it okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen on one column, and then fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. If you looked at my notes, I have twenty-five written. Oh, down. okay. So we can at least we at least we're consistent. At least we agree. And when he does twenty-five, uh, he throws in the Chuck Berry donut at the end. That's how you know he does twenty-five. Yeah, and at the beginning of the tour, he would do the. Uh, Old-fashioned maple bars and the French crullers. He used to do those after the berries, but now, uh, at least recently, after Chuck Berry, he just goes right into bear claws. And uh, if you remember, um, there was uh, previously an Ethan suggestion. Huh. It's Ethan Suggestions. There was a previous Ethan suggestion um, that... You know, we're at 25 donuts. Al, add two more. The two that I recommend are uh, Crunch Berry and uh, what was the other one? <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know. Uh, Boo Berry. Oh. <laughs> the two cereals. That's. I think those would get laughs, and it would bring it up to 27. Nice little Easter egg. Um, you don't even have to credit me with that, Al. You can just do it and... Um, Dave and I maybe won't even mention on the podcast that you got it from us, but probably we will. <laughs> why did I write this down? What did you write down? Oh, I know why I wrote it down because uh, when he goes, uh, when uh, when the the uh, donut 
clerk goes to check uh, whether or not there are bear claws. Yes. Uh, I want you to take a look, or, or our listeners or you, to take a look at the lights that are going on as as uh, the that's happening because they are amazing. They're sort of going up and down and crazy. They're really wild looking. So that's a Dave suggestion. It's Dave suggestions. People, people should look at that that light. Uh, it's because it looks amazing. So I know it's a funny moment in the song. You're probably laughing, but but if you have a moment, <laughs> look up and look for those lights as uh, the person goes searching for the bear claws. <laughs> I will. I'll try and pay attention to that. So uh, we did get a a. Uh, well, I wanted to mention. Um, Al said. Uh, <laughs> Instead of in the song, normally in the recorded version, he says, One fateful night, Zelda said to me. But on the show today, he said, One fateful day, Zelda said to me. Hmm. Um, and that just kind of, I mean, it's not a huge change, but it was a change, and Al did not um, acknowledge that it was a change. Um, <laughs> that that will <laughs> That'll be important later. Important momentarily. <laughs> um, so he said, Sweetie pumpkin, honey muffin, sugar pickle. Yes. And then did you catch um, something kind of interesting happened? Well, uh, oh, you have before else? that. Uh, oh, yes. I have to talk about the constipated wiener dog. Uh, Al did mention a constipated wiener dog. And again, the missed opportunity, a Dave suggestion. Uh, no red rum the goody mentioned. Well, at, you know, the one fateful day, it, you know, that proves and the, the different... Uh, donuts. It proves that this song is malleable, and Al can add and remove and change things. Right. So, um, so he certainly could say "Red Rum to Goody," um, which is more scientifically accurate because, uh, yes, as we've pointed out in the past, uh, per Jackie, a constipated wiener dog does not run around. Right. Anyway, the Red Rum to Goody does. <laughs> that's what he saw. With my own eyes, <laughs> and uh, and there's another another uh, that's another uh, example. That's the word I was looking for. Big word. Another example of that Al can change things around in this song, and uh, is that he actually called for a guitar solo. Yes, uh, in the middle of Albuquerque. Which I, I believe is something Jim does anyway, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's part of the guitar song. Solo, right. But uh, he usually Al- doesn't call that out for the guitar solo. So then, um, you know, he talks about you know, of course, the lyrics of he's cleaning out his excess earwax with a golf pencil when he sees this guy carrying a big old sofa up the stairs. Right, and as we all know, it's Marty. Right, the, the person carrying the sofa up the stairs named Marty. Well, Al says. Uh, I see my friend Larry, and then he kind of stops. Right. <laughs> and then he goes, well, let's call him Larry for now. He says, I can change it if I want. <laughs> it's my song. I can change my song if I want. Uh, and then he <laughs> conti- t- continued for the rest of the several times that he mentions Marty. He called him Larry in the song. <laughs> so we got a special special Larry. Uh, Larry edition. Larry edition of the... Uh, <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, there's other things, as we said, he, point, he changes in the song. And, uh, you know, I guess this one was such a... An unexpected change for uh, Al. Right, I don't it, think it caught him a, off guard. I don't think this one was an intentional change on Al's part. I think he just misspoke and said Larry, and he just <laughs> caught him off guard, and he just went with it. And it, and this is another. This is a real Dave suggestion. Uh, it's a real <laughs> Dave suggestion. 
<laughs> because once he did that, I'm like, yes, Al, you can change, you know, the lyrics to your own songs. And here's another perfect opportunity to each and every time you perform Albuquerque, have a different friend's name in there. Mm. How cool would that be? Or just change it to Dave and Ethan. Well, yes. <laughs> that, that, that is, I saw that my is, friend Dave and Ethan carrying a big old sofa up the stairs. My friends Dave and Ethan? Yeah. It could. It could uh, that could be an option. But I thought that... We the, could be a conjoined twin. As the, as the inaugural friend, as the inaugural name change, I thought the perfect name change for the very first time that he intentionally changes the name, he should say... His friend Red Rump the Goody. Oh, that's yeah. That would just flow really easily. Um, <laughs> great, great suggestion, Dave. I, I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, <laughs> or, or it could be uh, I saw uh, intern Frank carrying a big old sofa up the stairs. <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty. See, I think that's a good Dave suggestion. Is that to change the name every time? It's a good Dave suggestion. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. That would be fun. Uh, so, of course, he lost his uh, train of thought, and when he came back the second time, uh, he, uh, you know, he goes, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, you know the place. You know, Jerry's Bay Shop. You know the place, right? Uh, he pointed to somebody, like intentionally pointed to somebody in the audience. I don't know who he pointed to, but well, he, it was it was clearly pointing at the at somebody. beginning of the song. He pointed, and when he did it again, he pointed like at the exact same guy. Yeah. It seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've pointed out a few times that um, Al changed has sung the lyric. Instead of existential quandary, he said existential crisis. Uh-huh. Uh, but he did say quandary again oh, tonight. Okay. So uh-huh. I think, you know, learning from his mistakes of saying Larry instead of Marty. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. It was a feature. <laughs> I was actually wondering, like, should we contact Marty Lick, who I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I think uh, at least it's a, a, a strong possibility that that's where Al got the name Marty. Right. Uh, wonder if we should contact him and let him know. Uh, he no longer can use the name Torso Boy. It now <laughs> belongs to Larry. Until next time Al performs <laughs> Albuquerque, assuming he doesn't change it to Red Rump the Goody. Um, right, so then uh, this is the little moment after Albuquerque. He got standing ovation, of course. Uh, full standing ovation. And... Uh, this is a little moment up on stage where the uh, band sort of doesn't leave the stage and kind of does some things. And I know you like to take a lot of notes during this. I tried to. Um, I it well, uh, this has gave me a, a great chance to see Ruben because I you know I couldn't really see him too well, um, and I noticed he was wearing that same really fancy uh, beaded jacket that we saw him wearing at the Nash- Ryman. Yeah, Nashville. Yeah, um, I noticed that too at that point. Yeah, it was really cool. It was the first time I could really um, sort of see what Ruben was wearing. Bermuda, he started cleaning the glass. You know, I saw him like kind of like, <sighs> you know, like <laughs> um, fogging it his up breath and, on, yeah, and his breath uh, cleaning it off. Uh, Jim just kind of sat on, uh, you know, the drum stand, just kind of drinking some water. Yeah. Uh, Ruben was uh, just scratching his ear uh, pretty intensely, <laughs> huh. uh, scratching his ear. Um, you know how Al sort Maybe of. Maybe he's trying to clean out his ear with, uh, with a golf pencil. He, he could have been. Could have been. He wasn't scratching in his ears; more oh. scratching the earlobe. Um, and then you know how Al, you know, it looks like he's like kind of texting or doing something on his phone. Um, I caught a glimpse of Al's the the screen on Al's phone, and 
he actually was texting someone. Hmm. Uh, and he does not have uh, dark mode um, <laughs> enabled because I saw uh, blue and I saw white background. So Al does not use dark mode, oh. uh, or at least did not have dark mode enabled on his iPhone. Or at least not, maybe not for that bit in the song. Right. He may have switched it just for that yeah. uh, bit. Just in um, case somebody was trying to read over his shoulder and see what he was typing. And uh, Al was sort of going to put the phone in his pocket, and he almost dropped it. Ooh. <laughs> but he uh, he managed to save it. And then uh, then he sat down next to Steve, and it looks like they were having kind of a heart-to-heart. And um, they eventually uh, decided to do an encore for us. Yes. And he said, uh, you know, something to the effect of, you know, you guys, uh, we could not get away without doing our greatest hit. Which was? Which was All Star by Smash Mouth, the full version. <laughs> we finally got to hear it after teasing it all night. And I uh, hope Frank's got his little, uh, little ditty ready because uh, this one we actually have music for. So this was because I was anticipating it all night and I wanted to hear it. This is Dave's Pick of the Night. It's Dave's Pick of the Night. Indeed, the all-star. I was so happy I got to hear, <laughs> hear this. This is a cool song. This is a great sing-along song. This is, uh, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like almost like become a meme itself. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. So it's, it's cool to get a tease throughout the whole show all night. <laughs> I was wondering, like, uh, they must play. That must be the cover song, right? Like, it, oh yeah, it's, it's I was, the very first time he did it, I said, "Oh, I bet this is going to be all star." Yeah, this. yeah. And the second time he did, it, I'm like, "Oh, it's got to be." Although all-star. it would have been really funny if he didn't, as right. well. It, it would have been as funny if he didn't play it, but it, no, it was great, great rendition. You know, everyone, the whole audience was singing along, um, and uh, you know, Al thanked everyone for coming out, especially yeah. this tour, and he said, "You guys really have been great." Uh, huh. And then we're going to do uh, one more thing for you. Yeah, the Unplugged Medley. Uh, of course, this consists of Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda and the Yoda Chant. And I have a comment about the Yoda Chant. Have you anything before that? Nope. Well, the, the Yoda Chant, uh, it, it's, it's an incredible... I felt this was one of the, be- the best, if, one of the better, if not, or the best Yoda Chants I've seen. It was incredible... Um, it is an incredible uh, just how, how they do this. And I didn't realize how wrong it was. I timed it this time. It is three and a half minutes long. Is it really? Yeah. Three wow. and a half minutes long. So of choreography, song, crazy lyrics that like just like words <laughs> that don't even exist. Right. Not just, nonsensical. Just nonsensical and, yeah. and just jumping between songs. It's just. Well, then so, also like the Fair Jacques part, like they're, they're each right, doing they're, something right, different. Say and it, it, like. like <laughs> Yeah, they each have core, they have core, it's just incredible. It's, it's something that just like blows my mind every time I see it that they can do this. And, and just, I know we've asked band members about how do you learn that? And they just say, oh, we just learned it over time and stuff. But still, it's just that they can do that it's, and remember that. It's never not remarkable right. to there's, watch there's, them do that. Right. So it's just, I just, and tonight's was particularly well done. It just, it was really cool. This was, this was. Again, probably one of the better concerts on the tour. Just the set list was incredible. Oh, it was great. The, it was the, a great concert. The, uh, the, the the lighting was incredible. The sound was incredible. The, you know, everything that was going on. The, the teasing, you know, of the Smash Mouth, yeah. All-Star all, all Night Long. The fact that, you know, there were several moments where Al was cracking himself up. You know, a couple, you know, the... the 
you know the the Frank's two thousand inch uh, right. introduction. You know the 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 time the the Larry in Albuquerque. <laughs> you know and just just every just everything. It was pretty cool. Good audience and everything. Great seats. Well, last night's seat was a little bit better, <laughs> but but yeah. still pretty great seats. Still pretty great seats for um, our center. I, I really like. Seeing I have them. that uh, uh, after Yoda and everything. Al said, "Thank you, Las Vegas. Love you all. Good night." Hmm. And the, the official end time I have as ten thirty four. Ten thirty four. Yes, I have that too. Great. I think I told you what time. You did. You said, <laughs> you said it's ten thirty four, right? And I said, "Sure." <laughs> Uh, it was, yeah, uh, was cool, just, yeah. just a fun concert, as you said, a great set list, um, seating was great and acoustics were great and everyone just was having fun on stage yeah. and in the audience. It was just a, a really, um, great show. So they're pretty efficient with, uh, getting people out of the Venetian theater itself. Uh, so we were, we're taken out or we're not taken out, <laughs> dragged out like that person earlier in the show right. by the police. No, we were, you know, we were, we left the Venetian theater, uh, and, uh, we kind of went out in the lobby and I guess as we're heading out, we were running into Weird Al fans. So I guess, uh, I don't remember who we saw first. Was it, it was, uh, it, well, um, before we actually left the theater, we ran into, uh, Aaron and her dad, Brad. Right. Uh, and they, I don't know if we mentioned this on the, the last centimeter, but sure if we did, um, they, they, they had told us that, yeah, they were, they were going to go all out on, on this show. Uh, Aaron recently got married and her dad had uh, bought a tuxedo for it. And he says, I don't have opportunities to wear this very often. And, uh, Aaron had a very nice dress that, yeah, she had like a gown and a gown and then, you know, she flowy, didn't get to wear that, yeah. that very often. So they're like, we're just going to go out. We're in Las Vegas. We're going to get dressed up. <laughs> and they came and Brad was in a tuxedo. They looked so great. Aaron was like dressed yeah. in this beautiful gown and, and they looked they stood out. They looked amazing. They, they really they did. did. And, and and Brad's got like um, uh, I don't know, shaved or bald head, but he shaved, it, yeah. but he um, like with the really nice tuxedo, like really nice fit, like really really nice. He looked like a Bond villain to me. He did. Yeah, he, he looked like straight out of James Bond. He did. He looked. He looked. They looked incredible. And it was funny. They, they you know they told us a story that uh, as they were coming in. Uh, to the theater, of course, you know, there's people dressed up and, you know, they're wearing their T-shirts and right. Weird Al. Dressed like me, wearing a, sh yeah. you know, Weird Al shirt and shorts. And right, or <laughs> just a, just like a T-shirt and shorts or just, you know, maybe a Hawaiian shirt or something. Yeah. And, and, and they come walking up and they're like, like yeah, dressed the like they're going looking. to like the, you know, the, the opera or something, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and the woman's like, uh taking their tickets like, uh, you guys do know you're going to a Weird Al concert, right? <laughs> so... Very funny. So moment. so great, uh, uh, and we knew that uh, Kelly Phillips and her husband Dan were going to be at the show. Yeah. Um, Kelly Phillips, of course, who drew our amazing caricature, and she's been on a number right. of episodes, yes. past guest um, of the podcast. So we got to see her, which was so nice. I I, I don't know if I had seen her since Philly um, on the Strings Attached tour. So I don't think we have. Um, it was really really great to see her again. Uh, great to meet her husband Dan. I hadn't met him, um, and yeah, so she's from Philly. So you know, she's out out in Vegas, kind of uh, vacation, I think. Yeah. yeah, all it was just you know all the Weird Al fans that 
you know, we knew who were kind of hanging out. None of us were from Vegas. <laughs> again, right. You know, it's like we all had the same idea. Let's go to Vegas. So uh, it was just kind of a group of yeah, John Katz and uh, Anna Canada came back over, joined us as well. Yeah, it was just kind of a group of eight of us. Yeah. Just we had a great time just kind of oh, hanging we, out. We we stayed there. I don't remember what I don't know what time. Oh, ten thirty four, right? It was like twelve thirty when we, we left. left at twelve thirty, yeah. <laughs> so we stood there for two hours, just just wow. two hours straight. That's talking like almost. Them. This longer than Al performed. That we, is. we stood there just chatting. Right. So, so um, we left at twelve thirty. Yeah. We had a great time. Uh, it was incredible. It was it was so cool. And uh, interesting enough, uh, I don't know if you knew, you know this or not, but obviously Kelly's from Philadelphia. John Katz is originally from Philadelphia as well. So, uh, you know. They we're all gathered together, and I just assume, you know, they're both from Philadelphia. They're both super fans. They're both super fans. Yeah. They obviously know each other, and, like, we're talking for a couple minutes, and finally, like, uh, one of them, I don't remember who, was like, oh, by the way, you know, who are you, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? And they're like, wait, wait, how do you two not know each other? Yeah, that was so, crazy. So that's crazy that they, that, uh, that they were meeting for the very first time. Yeah, so, we, oh, man, we just... But I love how many different places all of us are from. I mean, I'm... From New York, you're from New Jersey. There, um, Kelly's from Pennsylvania. Kelly came. Kelly and her husband are from Pennsylvania. Um, Aaron and Brad are from uh, Minnesota, and now, yeah, but Aaron now, lives now in Aaron like lives in Iowa. In, in yeah. Iowa, but then John came from California, and Anna came from Alabama. So it was like a really interesting kind of melting pot of of different locations all gathered to see Weird Al. It's just it's really it's really cool. Um, that, you know, we, we may get to talk to people on the internet a lot, but it's really cool to kind of have, it almost felt like a reunion of yeah, sorts. Yeah, place, a place to, yeah, kind of hang out and and, and see uh, friends and people that you might only know online. Hence why we spent two hours just chatting yeah. and having fun. And we had a couple of special guests pop in, too. Uh, Steve J walked by uh, for a moment. Oh, yeah, Steve J walked by. He um, fist bumped us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> El Maestro himself came over and uh, chatted us, chatted up with us for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Um, we, yeah, I think we saw you know most of the band most exiting. Band left, yeah. Um, so. At one point, we're like, oh, like if all the band is leaving out, because it's just like a big open thing with, uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah, ropes. It's casino, yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, there's no door they can really close to the theater. Um, at least the lobby of the theater. So we're like, oh, well, the band and the crew all came out this way. Like, I wonder if Al's going to come out this way. <laughs> and, you know, obviously we stood there for two hours not to try and run into Al, but just because that's... Wait, we were talking for two That's where we parked. But, um, yeah, we never saw Al come out. Yeah. I mean, they have... They, they have, must. There must have been a secret way, but it there's, was... There's, there's tons of back passageways in casinos and stuff. So, yeah. A lot that the public doesn't get to see, so I'm sure they whisk them out a different way to yeah. avoid the, having to go through the crowd. But yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was amazing. There. It was just so nice, you it, know. That's, that's, that's great one concert, of the, great friends. Part, that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the best parts of the night was just just standing there for two hours, just chatting with everybody. <laughs> I can't believe it was two hours. I know. Like, now that you say like, that, like it was. Yeah. It was ten, right? Ten thirty. It is. We yeah. Twelve thirty. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Um. It was, yeah, just a great experience. I mean, already two out of two of the Vegas shows have yeah. been great. So 
Um, unfortunately, our seats are not uh, quite as good <laughs> I know. tomorrow First night. First world problems. We have to sit all the way back in the third row, C, row C. <laughs> oh, what's really insane is, um, so we we said to John and Anna that we were sitting in row three, and uh, row C, the right. third row, and they're like, oh, we are too. We'll probably be no- ne- near you guys or next to you. And then we compared tickets. They're literally the seats <laughs> next to us. That's so <laughs> And I, you Not know, surprising, I guess. You know, no, yeah, John was like, well, we're all probably on the, you know, Ticketmaster at the same yeah. time. <laughs> you think about it, you know, all, all the, you know, the super fans who buy it the second goes on sale should be sitting relatively close to each other. Uh, another interesting thing, this is uh, from El Maestro himself. He mentioned that the show was not like a casino production, which is why, you know, if a casino puts on a show, they put their high rollers and, you know, those kind of people. Yeah, they promote through the casino, right, rather than promote. So like somebody, And they give out free tickets to, right, you know, their high rollers. Right, somebody coming in town is going to say, oh, Weird Al's there tonight? I'll go see that. Rather than booking it six months in advance like we did. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, so he just kind of pointed out that, uh, you know, it wasn't done that way. Yeah. So there were a lot, you know, it was all Al fans at the show. It wasn't. That's pretty, yeah. And it's, it wasn't just way. random it people. That way. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like, yeah, that's an interesting point because, yes, it could have been just people who, who, uh, did not know Weird Al's music and then coming in and hearing original songs or they, might only be familiar with the, the big hits. They would probably would have been confused. They would have been the they would have been the confused people that Weird Al was talking, talking about, about yeah. earlier in the show. When's <laughs> he gonna play Eat It? Um, but yeah. So I think that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well uh, that is all you have to say about that. Tomorrow we are in the same exact place like we said, the Venetian in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, at at uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the, at what casino, but you already said Venetian. So. <laughs> the Venetian Theater at the Venetian in Las Vegas. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, 19 Centimeter. Oh, after the show, Dave, who was it? Somebody, uh, somebody, do you remember? Uh, Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her red rumptagooty.